is tomorrow for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's Selection Saturday. But Troy Pulamalu and Alan Fanica should be beyond debate. They should be automatic selections on Selection Saturday. Troy Pulamalu is the best safety I ever saw. Alan Fanica is the best guard I ever saw. With Troy and Fanica, I don't need to know how many All-Pros. I don't need to know how many Pro Bowls. I don't need to know the stats or count the rings. I don't need to see the highlight reels, although they make a convincing case for Troy. A lot of fun to watch, too. I don't need to see the All-22 footage. All I need is the eye test. All I need is what I saw. All I need is what I know. Because with Troy Pulamalu and Alan Fanica, it was that obvious. This is the Mark Madden Show live from the Cambria Hotel downtown Pittsburgh. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can at me via Twitter at MarkMadX. Now, for the record, Troy was first-team All-Pro four times. He was second-team All-Pro two times. He was eight-time a pro bowler. He was Defensive Player of the Year for the entire NFL in 2010. And he made the NFL All-Decade team for the 2000s. Alan Fanica was six-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler, and he, too, made the All-Decade team for the 2000s in the National Football League. Troy got two rings. Al got one ring. How did Troy Pulamalu and Alan Fanica not make the Hall of Fame? But sadly, I bet a Alan Fanica does not. We're going to have Dale Ollie of DKPittsburghSports.com on the program at 3.30 to talk about the Hall of Fame selection Saturday. Dale's going to be in the trenches campaigning at selection Saturday. So if Pulamalu and Fanica don't make it, blame Dale Ollie. That's Dale Ollie at 3.30. we got a great guest at 4.32. It's going to be Max Talbot, the man who scored two goals in Game 7 at Detroit in 2009. That's really all the people need to know, isn't it? Two goals, Game 7, Detroit, 2009. Max is part of the Mario Lemieux Foundation's fantasy camp that's currently taking place at PPG Paints Arena and at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. I saw a video from the camp, a game played earlier today, and Darius Kasparaitis hit a camper with a hip check. It's fantasy camp. Casper flattened the dude with a hip check. Well, you get what you pay for, and that is part of the Darius Casparitis fantasy experience. Yikes. Uh, the Penguins host Philadelphia tonight at PPG Paints Arena. It looks like Justin Schultz is going to play, but it also looks like Ruido will stay in the lineup and play the left side as Schultz's partner. To me, that's a rotten decision. It's not going to help Schultz ease back into the lineup after a lengthy absence, when his partner is out of sync playing the offside. And it's not like Ruedel has badly outplayed Juso Ricola to the point where you want to disrupt that lefty-righty dynamic on defense that has served the Penguins so well. I rarely disagree 
with Mike Sullivan, but I disagree here. Brian Rust is going to play left wing tonight. Not crazy about that either. Dude's on fire, so you're making him switch sides. I know that's because of injuries, but I also know Rust has 21 goals in 36 games. I would make somebody else switch sides. Rust and Hornquist will play with Gino. Uh, the fourth line is going to be the two call-ups, Agazino, Angelo, and also Alex Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk, who will have to carry that line. Again, I say, yikes. Tristan Jari is in goal for Pittsburgh, and I hope he's also in goal Sunday at Washington. I'll talk more about that a little bit later. These are two pretty big games for the Penguins. Uh, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh tonight, then Penguins at Washington Sunday. You don't want to lose to Philadelphia twice in a row, and the Penguins haven't yet played Washington this season. And then you're at Tampa Bay on Thursday, so it's a challenging stretch for the Penguins. By the way, it looks like Nick Bukestad has had a setback, even though they say he's not had a setback. Uh, that's with his sports hernia. How about Alex Ovechkin has nine goals in his last four games? That's the most goals he's ever had in a four-game stretch, and Ovi's 34 years old. That's insane. The Pirates made a free agent signing. They inked some jamoke named Derek Holland to a minor league contract. Derek Holland made 51 appearances in relief last year for the Cubs in San Francisco, and his ERA was six. His ERA was six, and the Pirates signed him. The Pirates have signed three free agents in the current offseason, two pitchers, and they both had ERAs over six last year, and a catcher who hit 151. This may be a new management team, but they're doing things exactly like the old management team. Good tickets are still available. Yo, I keep hearing, give the new management team a chance. I am. And they keep signing pitchers with ERAs over six and a catcher who hit 151. And then we got the Super Bowl. I'm hosting a Super Bowl party at Carson Saloon in Scottsdale on Sunday. If you're having a Super Bowl party at home, you got to keep it simple. I'll talk more about that a bit later. People act like Kansas City and Mahomes are a lock, but Kansas City is only a two-point favorite. That doesn't sound like a lock to me. It's the first Super Bowl for both quarterbacks, so Garoppolo won't be the only guy that's a bit tight out there. I do think Kansas City will win because I don't think San Francisco's defense matches up well against Kansas City's offense. Mahomes will be under pressure, but he's cool under pressure as long as they don't touch him. And boy, he's tough to actually put on the ground, tough to get that close to. I think Mahomes is going to play just fine. San Francisco plays zone because Sherman can't cover man, and I figure Mahomes picks the zone apart. Travis Kelsey, the tight end, he's going to have a big game, but so might Kittle, the tight end for San Francisco. And San Francisco is going to run the ball as long as the score dictates they can and they're going to run the ball well. But if Kansas City's tackles do a decent job against that San Francisco pass rush, uh, Bosa and Armstead and them, then I think Kansas City wins, but it's going to be close. I just hope there's more points scored than last year. Specifically, I hope there's 55 points scored. It's nice to see a Super Bowl with different quarterbacks because it was the same old names for 
How long? I got Brady'd out. I got Manning'd out. I hate the Super Bowl because it takes too long. And I don't have a rooting interest in this one. But it is America's game. Everybody watches it. You got the wings and the beer and the block pools. It is an annual right in America. And my God, everybody bets. I mean, everybody. The handle on this game is off the hook. It's fun. It's America. It's an excuse to drink for five or six hours is what it is. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was blocked by Antonio Brown. And he was online, uh, on Twitter specifically, asking AB to unblock him so they can talk. Dude, she's not your girlfriend anymore. Get over it. How about Matthew McConaughey, the actor? He invested in the sports website, theathletic.com. So Matthew McConaughey is now Josh Joey's boss. All right, all right, all right. Skip Bayless says Dak Prescott is better than Patrick Mahomes. I hope Skip doesn't really believe that. Dan Orlovsky said on ESPN that there's no way Tom Brady goes back to New England. Mark my words, if Brady plays anywhere but New England, it'll be a disaster. A 43-year-old quarterback with a new team and a new system or that team adopting Brady's system, how could you think that would work? I'm live at Cambria Hotel, downtown Pittsburgh. we got Dale Ollie at 3.30, Max Talbot at 4.30. Just around the corner, I'm going to talk about some prop bets for the Super Bowl. And I'm not too concerned about uh, the receiving yard, the, the over-under for Kelsey or Kittle or whoever it takes to sing the national anthem. That's a prop bet. I'm Mark Madden, 105.90X. Big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. We're going to talk with Dale Lawley at 3.30. Uh, he's live at the Super Bowl about the candidacies of Alan Fanica and Troy Polamalu for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tomorrow is Selection Saturday, which Dale will be involved with. Uh, Bestimus Mucho tweets, One thing that always stood out about Fanica was his ability to pull across the line and open the hole for the running back, allowing him to get to the next level. Uh, yeah, what, what, what Bestimus Mucho said. I've never seen a guard better at pulling and getting upfield than Alan Fanica. He was a big man, but he was quick as a cat. Like I keep saying best guard I've ever seen his candidacy should be open and shut but this now is what his fourth year he's trying to get in uh, apparently J-Lo and Shakira will pay tribute to Kobe Bryant during the Super Bowl halftime show Kobe Bryant is bigger than ever that's how death works these days uh, I like Super Bowl prop bets and the wackier the better here's one I love how long will it take for Demi Lovato to sing the national anthem? Over two minutes is minus 220. Under two minutes is plus 180. I'm going with over for sure. When the singer does a leisurely national anthem, it's a power move. Demi Lovato is going to make the Super Bowl wait for her. So I'm definitely going over. Over two minutes. And it could go way over, like 2 minutes and 15 seconds, maybe 20. Here's another interesting prop bet. The longest touchdown of the game. 
Over 44 and a half yards, minus 110. Under 44 and a half yards, minus 110. So you're just weighing the big there. That's a pick and bet. I'm going over because Mahomes has a good long arm and because nobody in San Francisco can cover Tyree Kill. Then again, it might be tough to go deep against the Niners zone. Not tough to pick it apart, but tough to go deep because there's going to be lots of help over the top. But I bet it happens once. One more prop bet. Will opening kickoff be a touchback? Yes, minus 150. No, plus 130. Yo, y'all been watching the NFL for the past how many years? How can the opening kickoff not be a touchback? Like every kickoff is a touchback. You got one job. Uh, there's no prop bet for a wardrobe malfunction during the halftime show, but we could see a 50-year-old nip slip with J-Lo. This game really is a styles clash. When Kansas City had that big comeback against Houston in the division round, they passed the ball 31 times out of 37 plays. But the Niners have run the ball 71 times in their past 88 plays. That's 71 runs out of 88 plays. That's not modern-day football. That's almost a single wing. And it makes me wonder if San Francisco can rally in the air if the Niners have to. Seriously, the pass-versus-run thing is nuts. This will be the second Super Bowl ever between a team that led its conference in rushing yards, that's the 49ers, and a team that led its conference in passing yards, that would be the Chiefs. The Chiefs have gained 73% of their yards in this postseason through the air, and the Niners have gained 71% of their yards in this postseason on the ground. Like I said, it's nuts. I don't have a rooting interest in this game. Well, I'm going to wind up betting on Kansas City minus two, but uh, I'm kind of rooting for Andy Reid. There's more pressure on him than there is on Shanahan, the Niners coach. We got Dale Ollie just around the corner talking about selection Saturday for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm hosting a Super Bowl party at Carson Saloon in Scottsdale on Sunday. But if you're having a Super Bowl party at home, you've got to keep it simple. Uh, the most basic food group is wings. Drums and flats. Equal drums, equal flats. Don't make that debate into a holy war like I see on Twitter uh, at your Super Bowl party. You want chips and salsa. Not nachos. Nachos get cold too quick and congeal. Chips and salsa, chips and queso. That's the way to go. Potato chips, too. Pretzels. To drink, you want beer, beer, and more beer. Beer, period. Don't get a big sandwich or a sandwich ring. The bread's never good enough. Smaller sandwiches are okay. Maybe get a bunch of Subway six-inchers. I bet the women on hand at the Super Bowl party would be grateful for a six-incher. Maybe a big cheese plate. Pepperoni. Cheese crackers. Now that right there, my friend, is a Super Bowl party. 412-333-9939. Up next, live from the Super Bowl, he is going to be a part of Selection Saturday when the Pro Football Hall of Fame voters get... Going to talk to Dale Lawley of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's up next here on 105.9 The X. Tomorrow is Selection Saturday for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
Joining me now is Pittsburgh's man in the room from DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Dale Lolly. Uh, Dale, you will rep the Pittsburgh guys in the annual Hall of Fame debate. You're subbing for Ed Bouchette, who has a back issue. Describe the debate. Where is it? Who's there? And exactly what happens? Well, we'll be at the uh, the Lowe's uh, Hotel, which is right on Miami Beach. Um, that'll be as close as I've gotten to the beach this uh, this week, and I still won't get out onto the beach. But uh, there's 48 people, uh, including myself, in the room, and uh, the guys who uh, who have players uh, who are in the the finalists. So there's 15 finalists. Um, we'll get up and, and talk about. You get five to seven minutes to talk about uh, each player. Um, you're chosen as the, the representative, so I'll be representing uh, both Paul Amalu and Fanica. And then, uh, and then you start voting on them after everybody gives their speeches and, and there's, you know, discussion about each player. Um, you know, they, they vote to get down to 10 players. And then from there, they'll, we'll vote again and, uh, and, and decide on the final five. Now, uh, when you say you'll speak for five to seven minutes on, on each player, is that a monologue, strictly speaking, or is there give and take? Uh, does, do things go back and forth between you and the others in the room at all? Uh, as I understand it, uh, the, the the person who is presenting uh, will get to give their five to seven minute pre- presentation, and then after you're finished, that's when the monologue or the, the the dialogue goes back and forth in terms of you know if anybody else in the room wants to uh, stand up and and say something about one of those players, for example. You know, Fanica also played for the Jets and, and the Cardinals. Um, you know, so if, if representatives uh, from those cities, um, you know, want to say something about Allen, they're, they're certainly, uh, you know, capable of doing so. And the same thing with Troy, even though he played his entire career in Pittsburgh, there may be somebody out there who feels like they need to, uh, to pound the table a little bit uh, for Troy as well. Uh, although I can't imagine that, uh, you know, you really do need to, to pound the table a lot for Troy. Uh, I think he's pretty much a no-brainer, but... Funnier things have happened when you get in that room. I asked this question, Dale, only semi-facetiously, but is there pressure for you? I mean, you're going to present the case for Troy and Fanica, and they make it or they don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've looked at this. It, it, it's an honor. I was, uh, you know, when Ed asked me to do it, I was certainly uh, honored to, to, to do so. But, yeah, there is some pressure as well um, because, if you know, for example, if Troy Palomalu doesn't get in um, – you know, people are going to look at me and go, what the hell happened? Because uh, <laughs> a lot of people in Pittsburgh feel like he should be, and I feel like it as well, that, that he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, it's, it's, the case has been with Allen. This is his fifth time as a finalist. Uh, that's more than anybody else who, who will be voted on tomorrow. And, and he, he really has the best credentials of, of those guys. When you start looking at, at uh, first-team All-Pros and, and Pro Bowls, uh, he has more, you know, as many Pro Bowls as anybody that's on the list, and he has more first-team All-Pro votes, uh, you know, than anybody on the list. In fact, there have been 46 six-time guys who have made the Pro uh, All-Pro at least six times in their career, and of the guys who are eligible, they're uh, they're all in the Hall of Fame, except for Allen, uh, which is just crazy to me. He should be in there as well. So there is some pressure, but there's also the the, the fact that. You know, they may not want to put two Steelers in, even though there's already two others going in in the the, uh, Centennial class. Yeah, I agree with everything you said about Troy and uh, Allen. Uh, I I do think Troy's a no-brainer. I've considered even the most uh, crazy of conspiracy theories, and I don't think there's any way to keep Troy Pulamalu 
out of the Hall of Fame. But I think Fanica should be automatic, too. I thought he should have been automatic, you know, in the first year of his eligibility. But the fact that he stayed out this long, that's what kind of worries me, Dale. It's a lot easier to leave the guy out the second and third time, isn't it? Well, you know, in some ways it is. But, you know, a lot of the way a lot of these guys look at uh, a lot of the voters look at things is like a pecking order. And as I understand it, um, you know, some of the writers uh, or voters didn't want to put um, Fanica in before some of the other offensive linemen had gotten in. Uh, you know, so we've seen some other linemen make it in previous years, including Kevin Mawai last year. I don't think anybody on the planet seriously thinks Kevin Mawai was a better player than Alan Fanica. Yeah, but he played uh, in New York. He played New York, and that, that's part of it. But so did Fanica. You know, so I've talked to some other writers and some other voters, uh, you know, kind of stating my case here and saying, hey, you know, what, what, are, we, what are you guys doing here? We need to get Allen in. I've gotten a pretty good response from it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about both guys, but you never know until you sit down in that room. On a scale of 1 to 10, what are Troy's chances? What are Allen's chances? I would probably put Troy at uh, at least a 9 out of 10. Um, you know, it's funny, like I said, funny things could happen. Uh, you just never know. Uh, in terms of uh, Fanica, I'd probably say he's a seven. I mean, like I said, I'm feeling very confident about both these guys, but I'm I'm still going to give the heart sell when I get when I uh, stand up tomorrow. Well, I heard you say something earlier in the week on another program that uh, you know you got Cower going in, you got Shell going in. I agree that Troy's probably ninety percent, maybe better to go in. Why not just put Allen and make it the Pittsburgh year, and then not worry about the Steelers till. I don't know, till Ben's eligible, maybe. Yeah, and I thought about making that part of, part of my argument as well. Like, hey, just get it over with. Because these guys are going to get in. Alan Fanick, even if he doesn't get in this year, is going to be a, a pro football Hall of Famer. So put him in this year. The Steelers will play in the Hall of Fame game next year. And, you know, then you won't have to hear anything about any more Steelers for the next several years. Maybe, maybe James Harrison will get some consideration. Um, you know, I, we'll see about Heinz Ward. He's been a semifinalist now for the past three or four years. Um, I don't think he ever gets over the hump on that, but you know, that, that's a completely different argument, but yeah, get uh, these guys. Allen has waited long enough. I mean, five times as a, as a finalist, they make all the finalists, uh, come down here for this. So Alan Fanica will now have been to the last five Super Bowls waiting for that knock on his door. I mean, that's just torturous. You know, just get it over with for the guy. I totally agree, and uh, I don't think it's out of line to say that Troy and Allen might be the best at their positions in football history, and if not the very best, certainly top two or three. Yeah, I mean, they were both uh, you know, just phenomenal football players, uh, guys who kind of changed the position. I mean, you know, if you think about how Troy Palomalo played, um, there really wasn't anybody else that played the game like he did. Uh, there, there are guys with better stats and those kind of things. I mean, you know, the Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu argument went on throughout their career, but they just played the game so differently. Um, you know, Polamalu would be perfect for today's game. Uh, you know, where everybody wants to get a bunch of defensive backs on the field that can play the run and they can, they can, you know, play defend the pass and do all those things. Uh, you know, he was that guy. As far as Fanica, um, the, the way he pulled and got out on the edge uh, and was still able to be you know, uh, just a brawler in the trenches as well. Uh, I think it was completely underrated throughout his career. I think he was very highly rated in his career. But, you know, I, I, you know I, I've had this you know, discussion with Matt Williamson 
on our show, and you know Matt's a big Steve Hutchinson fan. And I said that's that's great. I said you know Hutchinson was probably a little bit better than Fanica, maybe as a straight ahead run blocker, but you couldn't ask Steve Hutchinson to do some of the things that Alan Fanica did, get out around the edge and pull, and you certainly wouldn't ask Steve Hutchinson. Uh, to go out and play left tackle like Alan Fanica did in the 2003 season. That, to me, was special. Uh, no question. I, I think no guard matches Alan Fanica when it comes to mobility and getting to the second level. We're talking to Dale Lawley live from Miami. Dale's with DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, who do you like in the Super Bowl, Dale? Uh, Kansas City's only favored by two, but a lot of people talk like the Chiefs are a lock, don't they? I'm hearing a lot of, of, of different opinions on that, actually, and I've kind of gone back and forth myself this week on this. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, hands down. Um, you know, he can he can beat you running the ball, he can beat you throwing the ball. He, he's he's just phenomenal. Um, but that that San Francisco defense, uh, with the way that they can get after you with, with just four uh, rushers, um, you know, it, it's they're they're fantastic and they're healthy. Um, you know, that's something that they weren't for a large stretch of the second half. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting because Mahomes does, uh, when, when he throws interceptions, it's when teams drop seven, uh, you know, and play coverage behind him and, and they get there with their front four. So it's really going to be interesting. I do think that the, 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 the 49ers will be able to run the ball against the, uh, against the Chiefs. Um, you know, it's just going to be a matter of if, if the, uh, 49ers secondary can hold up against what is probably the best passing attack in the league. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the 49ers in this game, but I haven't made my my final pick yet. Um, but it's probably going to be the 49ers. Well, I agree that it's a tough call, and uh, I that San Francisco defense, Dale, it's very good, but I'm not sure it matches up well against Kansas City, like you said, especially in coverage. I think if they play zone as they often do, Mahomes will just pick it apart. Yeah, that's going to be the, you know, that was my initial thought on the game that, you know, the 49ers play more zone than anybody else in the league. Um, and that's one thing that, that doesn't work against Kansas City. Um, so, but they've had a couple of weeks to prepare now. Um, you know, I would expect them to throw something, some kind of curveball at the, at the Chiefs. Um, and I just think, you know, if they slow them down enough, I don't know that Kansas City's defense is going to be able to slow down San Francisco as much. Is is uh, you know the the opposite happening? I think the 49ers will get some stops against the Chiefs, but I'm not sure that the that the Chiefs are going to get stops against the 49ers. What do you expect from Garoppolo? I mean, obviously San Francisco's primarily a running team, and if they have to get away from that, that uh, won't bode well for their chances. But Garoppolo has talent, yet he's barely had to do anything in these playoffs. Yeah, he's thrown 27 passes in two playoff games, which is just amazing. Uh, you know, considering what they're paying him, uh, but that's what they want to do. I mean, he threw eight passes in the, in the NFC Championship, which is just you know, it's unheard of in today's NFL. Um, I think he's a, a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Uh, and if if the Chiefs do win this game, it's because they do get the Garoppolo and, and force him to, to turn the ball over a couple of times. Um, you know, I get why San Francisco paid him all the money that they did. I mean, they they needed a franchise type quarterback. They think that they have one. Um, but I don't think that he's much more than uh, perhaps Joe Flacco uh, reincarnated. Uh, finally, Dale, here's a cliched question for Super Bowl weekend. Which Steelers Super Bowl winner uh, was the best ever? We've debated that uh, for a couple days. Most people seem to be leaning toward that 78 team that went 14-2. and two. 
Yeah, that one. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with that one uh, because of you know that they had the best record of, of any of the Steelers Super Bowl teams. Uh, they were still pretty good defensively, and the offense was uh, outstanding as well. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you know, the, don't don't overlook the 2018. I mean, I think that was a really good football team. The defense uh, was the best in the league, and offensively, they could play with anybody. Um, but I would probably lean towards the, the 78 team. You know, Dale, I agree. I don't think there's a huge gap between 78 and 08. Uh, and the defense, as you mentioned, was good. And it was one of the first teams to really move in the direction that defense has moved in the NFL. They, they were ball hawks. They were splash play guys. But they still played pretty good basic defense, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing about that, the, you know, the, the, the team from 2008 as well. I mean, you know, they led the league um, – pretty much across the board defensively. Uh, you know, everybody talked about the, what a great season the Patriots had this year defensively. That 2008 team often gets overlooked when you're talking about great defenses. Uh, they had every bit of good numbers as the Patriots did this year in terms of points allowed and all those kind of things and played a, a lot different, more difficult schedule. Uh, but that 70, 78 team, um, you know, the, the offensive changes that were made that year to allow receivers to, to kind of run more freely um, you know, when, when you had Swan and Stallworth with Bradshaw throwing them the football, uh, that just that just that was a game changer. It just completely changed the uh, the way the Steelers played football. Dale, great stuff. Thank you for the insight and good luck in the trenches tomorrow. Have fun. Okay, Mark. Thanks a lot. That's Dale Ollie. Check out his work at DKPittsburghSports.com. I am live at Cambria Hotel, downtown Pittsburgh. Don't forget joining me live on site here. He's at the Mario Lemieux Fantasy Camp. Game 7, Detroit, 2009, two goals. That is all the people need to know. It's Max Talbot at 4.30 here on the X. Double M live at Cambria Hotel, downtown Pittsburgh. Max Talbot joins me at 4.30. Here is high school sports in the millennial era. The Moon High School girls basketball team was having one of its best seasons in over a decade. Going to qualify for the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. But the coach got fired just now, late in the season, because the daughters of influential parents didn't play enough. The coach is Jody Powell, and Moon says she got fired because there was an accusation that two players were high, and she let them play. But Powell says she and the other coaches investigated that matter and concluded those accusations were false. And they were made by another player, by the way. Probably a player lusting for more playing time. Powell's been coaching 25 years. She's not going to let players play high. I don't know why anybody would coach youth sports. Why in the frig would you put yourself through that? My God. And these parents who force coaches out because their kids don't play enough, which leads to inferior coaches taking over, that hurts their kids. That gives them opportunity they don't deserve. It allows them to play before they acquire skills they need. There is just so much wrong with high school sports, with youth sports. And almost all of what's wrong involves parenting. 
412-333-9939. You're listening to Coast to Coast. It's brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. And by the Ford King, Richard Bazzi Schultz Ford. Uh, we're talking Penguins. I'd love to get some Penguin calls. Penguins host the Flyers tonight at PPG Paints Arena. And uh, everybody wants a big trade between now and the deadline because we all know that's how the Penguins win a Stanley Cup. Ronnie Francis, Rick Tockett, Bill Guerin, etc. But one thing I need to make clear when it comes to what the Penguins should and shouldn't do between now and the trade deadline, and I've said this before, but now I'm going all caps. I'm going to say it real slow so you know I'm serious. Do not trade a defenseman. Getting a wing just isn't that important. And if you're married to that notion, use your first drop pick. But when that Penguins defense score is 100% and you got all six guys, you got Dumoulin and Latang, you got Johnston Schultz, you got Pedersen and Marino, those six men comprise one of the best defensive units in the league. And they fit together so well. The whole is better than the sum of the parts, and that applies to the pairings, too. The NHL, it's not fantasy league. It's not stats. It's not making sure Sid has a play made. Sid will do just fine playing on a line with whoever. He always does. You need defense in the playoffs. You need defensemen in the playoffs. And that's especially true given that the Penguins' goaltending It's a bit uncertain. It's promising, mostly good, but things aren't written in stone when it comes to Murray and Jari. And remember, too, that Sid and Gino need concise puck movement out of the back, maybe even more so than they need playmates at wing. So I repeat, once again, all caps, do not trade a defenseman. 412-333-9939, 412-333-9939, the number to call. We're talking Hall of Fame. We're talking Penguins. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking Super Bowl parties. I cannot stress enough, do not serve a sandwich ring. For those big sandwich ring thingies, they use inferior bread, and they use the bottom half of the cold cuts. Not the best they got on hand. Those are big, but they're not good. Uh, oh, here's a quote from Troy Pugamalu on Micah Fitzpatrick. Because Troy's making the rounds down on, on, on Radio Row in Miami. Quote, I think he's a tremendous safety, and I think that was a really great move for the organization. Anytime you have a defensive-led team, that sort of turnover is so huge, unquote. Let's go to Sal and Bonnock. Sal, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I don't see the difference between you and Antonio Brown. Yeah, goodbye. You know what the difference is? Antonio Brown can't hang up on you. He can block you on Twitter. I guess that's really kind of the same thing. Yo, simpletons, if you want to call and try to rip me about something, tell the call screener that's what you want to do. Don't lie about what you want to talk about and then try to ambush me because I'll just hang up on you like I did with that jamoke. It's the me show, 
not the you show. If all of you died painful deaths one by one, this show would still exist. And actually, that whole proposition, that's kind of appealing to me. Leaves the line open for the painful part. The slow part, too. And yeah, the dead part. I guess it all ties together pretty cool. Anywho, 412-333-9939, the number to call. I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl, kind of. It just takes way too long. I'm going to talk about this at length later, ironically so, too. The Super Bowl halftime show. It takes, like, what, 25 minutes? Super Bowl halftime is twice as long as halftime in any other NFL game. What sense does it make to disrupt the players and their routine in that regard in the biggest game of the season? I don't understand that. I really don't think people turn on the game to watch J-Lo and Shakira. Now, the Stones maybe back when. The Who maybe back when. I hate Springsteen, but Springsteen maybe back when. I like doing that up with people at the halftime every Super Bowl. Heck, I still think all you need is a dog catching a Frisbee. That's the ideal halftime show. I don't think people turn it on to watch the halftime show. I do think X amount of people want to watch the commercials, the Super Bowl commercials. I want to see what Geico has up its sleeve for uh, their Super Bowl commercials, that's for sure. But uh, those are very ancillary. Those are going to exist whether you turn on the TV to watch the commercials or not. You're going to not help, but see. For me, it's about the game. For me, halftime's too long. I do kind of dig the commercials. Let's go to CJ in Murraysville. CJ, you're on with Mark. Hi, Mark. Uh, big fan. How are you, Double M? Terrific. That's good, man. I just want to uh, say, first of all, I get a little tired of all those idiots. And yeah, don't worry about it. What do you have to like say? That. Well, I have to what? say, sir, is Marc-Andre Mark Fleury, what do you think about him? Obvious uh, Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, just your thoughts, sir. That's all. Personal thoughts on Marc-Andre and how he's been uh, doing lately. He's, he's like, what, number six all-time in wins. He has yes, three sir. Stanley Cup rings. He Absolutely. led an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in over 50 years. Uh, yeah. I don't see any way Mark Andre Fleury doesn't make the Hall of Fame. I think Thank he's you, an absolute lock, and I think he has a better than 50-50 chance to get in in his first year of eligibility. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the call. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know, I don't think I am like Antonio Brown. For one thing, I'm not on the verge of being totally broke. Just around the corner, we got Max Talbot. 2009, Game 7, Detroit, two goals, and that is all the people need to know. He joins me at 4.30 right here at Cambria Hotel, downtown Pittsburgh. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about the Penguins' goaltending and why I think it's very important that Tristan Jari starts at Washington Sunday. He's playing tonight against Philadelphia. I start him at Washington Sunday, definitely, no matter what happens tonight. And I'll tell you why in just 30 seconds here on The X.